Hello and welcome to this second episode in our Burning Heart podcast series, Deuteronomy, Wellness, God's Way. Don't forget that the series was originally written for film, and you may want to check out the videos free on our website at burningheart.org forward slash Deuteronomy. But we thought we should have a podcast version too, so here we are. I'm David, the writer of the series and founder and director of Burning Heart, and it's a joy to have you with us once again. Every morning when I wake up, I can see a place called Chanctonbury Ring in the distance from my bedroom window. It sits on top of a ridge called the South Downs, with a distinctive circle of trees that's recognisable for miles around. The trees were all originally planted to mark the site of an Iron Age hill fort, with trees running round ancient ramparts. Now, I love history. You can probably hear it in my voice. It's one of my passions. And so Chanctonbury Ring is the sort of place that really excites me. And I imagine the people who will once have lived here and their stories and lives and so on. And you might be like me and a history enthusiast, or not. You might find it all very tedious. But either way, none of us reads those ancient stories expecting them to impact our lives now. Even I have to admit that, apart from some interest and enjoyment, there's not a lot more here. And sometimes when we read the stories in the Old Testament, they can feel a bit like that. Obscure stories from ancient history that might be exciting for someone like me, but don't seem to have much relevance to today. Well, we're exploring the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, which is a series of sermons preached by Moses to the people of Israel shortly before his death. And the first sermon in chapters 1 to 4 is mainly story, as Moses retells some of Israel's recent history. Stories like how they defeated Sihon, king of Heshbon, at the Battle of Jahaz, or Og, king of Bashan, at the Battle of Edre. And at first glance, unless you're a history nut like me, it can seem pretty irrelevant. I mean, who cares? What relevance do the tales of ancient battles and long-dead kings have to me today? And the answer to that question is both nothing and lots. The events themselves don't have a lot of relevance to us. Don't worry too much about King Og or the Battle of Jahaz. No, the the point of these stories, and actually all the history that we read about in the Old Testament, is to show us something about God and his relationship with his people. And because through Jesus he's our God too, suddenly that's personal. It's the story of someone we love, a story through which we can get to know him better, discovering his ways and character and what it means to be his people, a story that now I want to read. And storytelling is such a universal part of human experience, from friends catching up with each other's lives to the big stories we tell about our families or nations. And Moses starts his great farewell sermon series with a retelling of Israel's story. And he does it because that story is crucial to their relationship with God and the teachings and law that will follow in the rest of this book. And that may surprise you because we don't usually associate law and story. We expect law to be all about rules and regulations 
And I think most of us assume that that's the focus of the Old Testament law. While there is plenty of that kind of law in Deuteronomy, crucially, that's not how it starts. It starts with story. Why? Well, because the story is all about grace. God's grace is the starting point and foundation of Deuteronomy, the Old Testament law, in fact, the whole Christian faith. And so often when we think of law in the Bible or in other religious contexts, we think of it as a way of getting to God. If I do this or that, keep the Ten Commandments, love God, whatever it might be, then God will accept me. And the basis of our relationship with God then lies in our own righteousness, in our ability to keep the rules. But friends, that is not the message of Deuteronomy. Because Deuteronomy starts with grace. It starts with the story of God's interaction with his people, with Israel, and only then moves on to the rules. And that's the dynamic we see everywhere in the Bible and in our relationship with God. It's the dynamic of the Gospel and the New Testament, but it's also the dynamic of the rest of the Old Testament, and even the opening books of the Bible known as the law. The first significant body of rules in Scripture is the Ten Commandments, which we don't get to until Exodus 20. So before the first commandment hits the page, or in this case the rock, we've already had 69 chapters of story of grace. So law is not the way of getting to God because they're already there with him from the start. And in Moses's first sermon, he tells them the story to remind them of that, to remind them of who God is and what he's done for them. And remembering is really the big theme of these early chapters of Deuteronomy. And I think that it's more important for us than we often realise. Because we often have a tendency to skip over this, to forget about remembering. It's like watching a hit series on Netflix or Prime or whatever streaming service you use. And at the start of each episode, there's often a recap previously on whatever show it might be. Except that these days, you often then have a little button that pops up with the option to skip recap. And I think that when it comes to retelling the stories and foundations of our faith, to remembering the greatness and grace of God, we often tend to skip recap. We think we know it already and we're impatient to get to the next episode. And yet God would have us remember. In fact, this is one of the most important lessons of Deuteronomy, something repeated again and again and again. In chapter 4, Moses emphasises it hard. Verse 9. Be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. There's something proactive about this. It's not enough just to know. We also need to take care about remembering because otherwise we'll forget. Now, I don't think that Moses is saying they'll actually forget what happened. Instead, he's warning them against forgetting to pay attention to it. He warns them that unless they're proactive in remembering, these things, as he puts it, will fade from their hearts. 
That's such an evocative and insightful little phrase. Because even things we know can fade from our hearts. And as Moses goes on to predict, and the rest of the Old Testament bears witness, that is exactly what happens in the history of Israel. The awe and wonder and love of a people who've been rescued and saved by God fades, and they become just like the world around them. And friends, that danger is all too real and present for us too. As Christians today, we can spend far too little time stopping and remembering the grace that has been shown to us, meditating and weeping and rejoicing at the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ and what it means for us. And instead, we want to focus on the next steps and our passion becomes something else, whether it's social justice or miracles or morality. And while so many of those other things can be excellent and praiseworthy, they're not God. And so we become focused on the things of God and no longer on God himself. Like the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2, we can forget our first love for Jesus. And I think this is one of the big reasons why Jesus gave us communion. As he shared the bread and wine with his disciples, he told them to Do this in remembrance of me. And each time we do, we have this tangible reminder that brings us back again and again to Jesus and to his death and resurrection and what it means for each of us, for me and for you. So like Moses, Jesus calls us to remember the grace that we have received. But it's not just the big things, the exodus for them and the cross and resurrection for us, that I think are in view as Moses tells their story here in Deuteronomy. If you study these chapters more closely, you'll find that the big stories, the exodus, the giving of the law and so on, are here. They're important. But so are a whole bunch of other stories that are much less well known. I confess that if I hadn't spent the last few months with my nose down in Deuteronomy, I don't know if I'd be able to tell you any of them. Because Deuteronomy 1 to 3 focuses in on the recent stories. And I think that's because these are their stories. These chapters are not as dramatic as the stories of the Exodus, and so we don't tend to know them. But most of the people that Moses preached to in Deuteronomy were only kids, or not even born yet, when God brought Israel out of Egypt. But the stories he tells in these chapters were the stories and experiences that they had lived and seen for themselves. This was their testimony. Not just the story of what God had done for everyone forever, but what he'd done for them as well. And each of us as Christians has a story too. My story, your story of what God has done for us. And all our stories start in the same place with a God who loves us and gave himself for us, the objective truth on which everything else is built, like the Exodus for them. As we've just been exploring, it's so important to actively remember that and root it in our hearts. But then we each also have our own story and testimony, the subjective our experience of God's love and grace day after day in our own lives. 
I could tell you so many stories. One of my earliest memories was my mum trying to explain to me what it meant for God to be my father. He's like daddy, only better, she said. And for all my training as a preacher and pastor, I've never managed to better that. Never got past being that little boy grabbing hold of his heavenly daddy through the highs and lows of life. That sense of joy and thankfulness on my wedding day. My terror when my daughter was born unresponsive and not breathing and all I could do was cry out to God for help. But then my relief and happiness when she was okay. My knowledge of a God who met me and held me and brought me comfort in the midst of my desolation when my earthly dad died in an accident when I was in my 20s. Or my experience of the sweetness of a God who's forgiven me so many times I've lost count. My life is just one long story of a God who loves me and has shown me grace after grace, no matter what. Like Daddy, only better. I could tell you so many stories. But you know what? I so rarely do. Because we so easily just move on. And what about you? Maybe you need to take some time out to remember. To learn from Moses and be careful and watch yourself closely so that you do not forget the wonders of the grace that God has shown to you and let them fade from your heart. Notice though that this isn't just reminiscing. Moses telling his grandchildren anecdotes and tales of the past. No, this is remembering God and the wonders of the grace that God has shown to them or to you. I love going to the theatre when I can and I always slightly fancied the idea of being an actor when I grew up. The closest I got, though, was playing the acting game Charades with Friends. And these chapters are essentially a two-character play, the story of God and Israel. And their purpose is not to give us a history lesson, but to help them, and us, to know God better. At one point in Deuteronomy 9 verse 4, he tells them, or Moses tells them, you were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Besides him, there is no other. All the rest of the characters that crop up are essentially just bit part players, forming the backdrop to show God's goodness to Israel. And actually, even Israel's part is decidedly mixed. You'd think Moses might track through some of their highlights, and at first glance, some parts of this might seem like that. But actually, lots of Israel's lines in this play are lines that they fluffed. For instance, the story begins with their failure to enter the promised land when God first told them to. So Israel may be central to this story, but even they are not the hero, because the hero is God. The special name God revealed to Moses and Israel, Yahweh, or in most English Bibles, the Lord in capital letters, comes up 81 times in just these four chapters. And it's the story of how he has loved them and chosen them and fought for them, despite all their fears and failures. And the point of the story, the point of all God's dealings with Israel, has been to show them 
and then through them, the world, us, who God is, his greatness and his glory and his grace. And there's actually an explicitly missionary element to Deuteronomy. At various places, Moses talks about how all this will show the world who God is. So, for instance, in Deuteronomy 4, 6 to 8, Moses talks about how other nations will look at Israel and see how God is near them. And as we read that, we begin to realise that this isn't just the story of one ancient nation's faith. It's part of God's plans for the salvation of the whole world, for us too, And how through this ancient nation of Israel, he revealed his character and grace to us all. A character and grace that echo and point forward and prepare us for the even greater manifestation of God's glory and grace in Jesus. And yet, as a Christian, it's difficult not to wonder as we read this, that if it all points forward to the even greater revelation of God in Jesus, Why not just skip to the end of the book? Why not just read the Gospels? Why not just explore that greater revelation of God in Jesus? And the answer is that this book not only prepares us for Jesus, it also helps us to understand Jesus. And it teaches us what it means to live in the light of his grace. We'll see that in various different ways as we work through this book and this series And that's why not just Deuteronomy, but the whole Old Testament is actually such an important part of the New Testament. Jesus always seems to be quoting it. And every one of the New Testament writers uses the Old Testament extensively as they show and explain to us the mysteries and grace of God in Jesus. There's so much we can learn from these chapters about what it means to live out our faith. We've already seen that in this key theme of remembering God's grace that we've been focused on, which is as true and relevant for us as it was for them. And I want to finish this episode by tying this in with another key theme of Deuteronomy, obedience, and how the call to obedience that we do find in this book fits in with what we also read about grace. And I think that so often we struggle to hold grace and obedience together. Where we emphasise holiness and obedience to God's ways, we can often subtly deprioritise God's grace. But then, when we dwell on grace, we can often lose sight of the call to obey God and walk in his ways. And yet Moses in Deuteronomy sees no tension between the two. In fact, we find them again and again side by side. So, for instance, the closing words of Moses's sermon here refocus us on God and then immediately call us to obey. Acknowledge and take heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. Keep his decrees and commands which I am giving you today so that it may go well with you. The heart of this is that Moses sees our obedience as flowing from God's grace. It's a response, almost even an inevitable consequence of a healthy and remembering relationship with God. The best illustration of this is actually a picture that elsewhere the Bible itself uses again and again, the idea of fruit. 
trees and plants that are well rooted and tended and watered will naturally produce fruit. And in the same way, if we are rooted in God and his grace and our love and thankfulness to him, then obedience and holiness will be the natural result. But that sequence is so important. Grace and remembering grace come first, and then out of that flows obedience. And that's what we see in this book of Deuteronomy. And that's why these opening chapters are so important, because here the focus is on grace, while as we move forward in the book, more space will be devoted to laws and obedience. But we need to remember all along that all of that flows out of the grace that we see in these first chapters. And even that is not actually the end of the matter, because these chapters also point us forward to grace after failure. Because even as Moses calls the people to obedience, he also prophesies their disobedience and its consequences. They'll be conquered and taken away into exile. But then he points to repentance. And promises that if they turn back to God, they will find forgiveness and restoration. Chapter 4, verse 29. If from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And as we move forward in Deuteronomy, the focus is all about how to live life in the light of grace. And we'll talk of obedience and holiness and of faith. But even the oldest Christians and the best amongst us will still fail. So what a joy it is to remember from the start that grace is not a one-time offer, but that in Jesus we receive grace upon grace. Grace at the cross, grace when we first believed, but then also grace after failure, grace renewed. And so we finish as we began awestruck and thankful at the amazing grace of our God. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, we pray, and meet us through what we've seen in your word. Help us to remember. Remind our minds and hearts of your amazing grace, of your cross and resurrection, and of your grace to us day after day always. Come Holy Spirit. Amen.